0: Hey, we're in a series right now called Spiritual Disciplines, and I'll get more into that as we keep going. And today, and specifically, my cry is, Help, I need to change. Anybody ever, ever, ever heard that in your own? Help, I need to change something. Or you heard somebody else say, Hey, you need to change something. You know, and, and the thing about it is, how do you change? And so today we want to talk about spiritual disciplines and how we change and how we grow in the Lord. I want to remind you of the scripture we had last week. It's over there in Isaiah 53 and 1. And Isaiah 53 and 1 is just a really quick verse. It says, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Or God's strength, God's wisdom, God's beauty and glory. And he said, Who hath believed our report? You know, there's God's report and there are other reports and the kids are going to children's church because pastor forgot to release them. Praise God. But you know, when you think about it, whose report are you going to believe? There are so many reports, you have to decide which one you're going to believe. Father, we thank you so much for this service today. We thank you so much for your word. I thank you. I get out of the way today and I allow you, Holy Spirit, to lead, guide, and direct this service. We thank you that you fill our mouth with words and we just thank you. Thank you that were taught by the Spirit of God. We received by the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name and everyone said. Amen. You know, I don't know about you, but I was thrilled when they came out with the report that chocolate was good for you. How about y'all? Man, I was thrilled. Oh, that's right. It was the cocoa in the chocolate, but still chocolate. You know, cocoa, it's good for you. How about when they came out that report that coffee's good for you? Woo, got any coffee drinkers? Y'all coffee drinkers? No coffee drinkers? No coffee. Okay. Man, coffee was good for you. I ought to drink a black cup of coffee every day. And I've been obedient to that vision. I drink a black cup of coffee every morning. But you know, the other day I was at the store and Paige told me to pick up some milk well, we've been drinking 2% milk and skim milk forever because that's what the report said. It's good for you. Oh, she said, by the way, pick up some milk. And she said, pick up whole milk. I said, where'd, where'd my wife Paige go? What, what what you talking about? Whole milk. She said, I just read, we can drink whole milk. It's good for you. Come on, and it tastes better. Can I get an amen? Can I get a witness? You know, there's just a lot of reports out there. And, and you kind of think, whose report... Will I believe? And and as I was looking at that and looking at how do you change things and you change because of things you hear and see and think, and then the Lord gave me this phrase from last week, and it basically means we tend to believe the report that we hear the most. Think about it, folks. Whatever you hear the most tends to be what, what you believe the most. I mean, of course, everything on Facebook is true. Of course not. Everything on the internet is true. But I'm here to tell you, if you spend your if you put your nose in Facebook and the internet and everybody's things, you're gonna think everybody thing is true. Folks, I'm here to tell you, when they're on that vacation and they show you those beautiful pictures of their darling little angels, and you're thinking, I wish my kids were that sweet, they had to herd them, rope them, bribe them to get them in that picture to smile. Their, their family's no more ordered than yours is. But I'm going to tell you, folks, you have to make a decision and you have to be selective. Whatever you hear the most is what you tend to believe the most. And the next one is what we tend to believe, the report that we hear the most. And then the next one comes right after that. that just flows with that thought. If you want to receive more from God in 24, you must hear more from God in 24. You're going to receive more, hear more. Why? why? Why is hearing more from God... Connect to see, hearing, receiving. When we hear more from God, we believe more in God. Think about it. When you, when you hear the word and see the word over and over and over again, all of a sudden the report that you got from your bank account, your checking account, from your friends who are laboring you, calling you names or whatever, all of a sudden it gets to be kind of small because you're reminded what he says about you. Folks, I'm here to tell you, everybody look at me this morning, I want to talk to you about you just for a second. Let me tell you who you are. You're a new creature in Christ. You are the righteousness of God in him. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit and the greater one lives on the inside of you. That is who you are. But I'm here to tell you, not a lot of people are saying that about you. And I'm here to tell you the devil doesn't say that about you. And I, and I would dare bet that even you don't say that about yourself. What's the running commentary that you listen to the most in your mind about yourself? See, we have to make sure that we plug into the right report. We plug into the truth. And when we believe more, we receive more. When we believe more, we get more from God god you know there's a verse over here in the book of first john i was reading it this morning during my devotions and in first john chapter five we talk about these reports whose report are you going to believe i will believe the report of the lord as the song says in verse seven of first john five he's talking about the commandment of love he's talking about loving one another and loving god and having faith and then he says for There are three that bear witness or record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are these three that bear witness to earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the report of men the testimony of men, oh, did y'all catch that? If we receive the port of, or the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Everybody say the greater report, the greater testimony, greater witness. Oh, this time match my energy, if y'all don't mind. I'm up here running this morning. (laughs) That greater report, that greater witness, that greater testimony. There is something greater. Then the world's report. Now, parents, let me show you a cool little Bible. This has got my name on it. My wife gave this to me. What an amazing gift this was! Preachers collect Bibles. You can all, if you want to give Pastor something, give him a Bible. And and uh, but anyway, this is an ICB Bible. Anybody know what the ICB Bible is? What it stands for? International Children's Bible. It is a great children's Bible, folks. It's got some of the coolest pictures. Don't you like Bibles with pictures? Yeah, come on now. It's Made for men. Just look at the pictures. But you know, sometimes I like to read different passages just to see what it says as it was right, written to somebody younger than me. And if you look at verse 9, it says, We believe people when they something, say something is true. We believe the Internet. We believe People Magazine. We believe all these different reports. We believe our teachers. We believe people when they say something is true, but what God says is more important. Oh, come on. What God says is more important, and he has told us the truth. Everybody say, he told me the truth. truth. See, I'm here to tell you God's word is truth. I'm here to tell you that if you want to know the truth, you're not going to find it out here. You're not going to find it in your emotions and your feelings. You're not going to find it in your circumstances and situations. You're only going to find it in the Word of God. See, at the top of your spiritual disciplines and priorities is you've got to go after God's Word. The top spiritual discipline, especially during this time of fasting, which is a spiritual discipline, the Word. I'm praying, but folks, I'm going after the Word even more. That's why I listen and take the notes and do the research and dig in deep because God's word is the truth. You know, anytime you want to make changes in your life, anytime you want to accomplish anything, it's going to be wrapped around two words. Believe it or not, there are two words. You might not like these words. You might not think you do these words, but I'm here to tell you, you do. And anything you do in life, whether you're going to school, getting the kids up, coming home, going anywhere, you're going to do two things. You're going to have routines and you're going to have habits. Oh, come on, folks. You, I don't, don't you look at me like that. You've got routines. Every morning you do like me, you've got your morning routine. I first go to the bathroom, then I come out and I make my pilgrimage to my coffee pot. Then after my coffee pot, I make the journey across the house to my office and sit down in my chair. I pick up my devotional materials, my study notes, and my Bible, and that is my routine. And I do it the same way every single solitary morning. And and think about it. I could go a different way. I could go to the coffee pot, but you know what? There's a a other way to get to my office. Instead of taking a right, I can take a left. Go around the counter, go up past the sofa, cut a right, hit a wall, take a left, boom, I'm at the same place. But folks, I don't ever do that. I take the same trip every day. Leave the coffee pot and take a right. Then I take a right. I bet you go to work just about the same way every day. But then when I follow that routine, then I get to my habit. My habit is spending time with God. My habit is opening up that Bible, opening up, marking off that reading list. That's my habit. So let's look at the definition for a routine. Routine is a sequence of actions or steps you regularly follow. Your morning routine, your routine with your kids. I told you to sit down and shut up. See, your kids know your routine as well as you do. They know it's not till the third time that you really mean what you mean and you actually go over and do something about it. They got that routine. You ought, to, you ought to mix it up every now and then. The first time, you better sit down and be quiet. And they don't do it. Then you go over there and do something about it. Get up there and look, mama, daddy broke up that routine. Sequences, steps. You know, everything that's good and everything we're going to accomplish in life, you got to take steps. If you're gonna get a new job, if you're gonna go, but, but your routines that take you to your habits. And your habit is actually the routine is how you get there, and the habit is what you do. It's your tendency or your practice. Aristotle said this about habits way back years and years ago that a habit, we are what we repeatedly do. Everybody say that, I am. What I repeatedly do, you know, if you keep getting angry and you keep losing your temper over something, guess what? You become that. That's why you have to go. Wait a second. God's got a better way. And then look also what, another thing that He says, and I, this brings it all together. We are the sum of our actions. Therefore, our habits make all the difference. You know, if if I want to have actions of love, then I've got to have a habit that takes me towards that—a habit of reading God's word and letting the love of God get on the inside of me, so I can love my wife. If I want to change how I treat her, I'm going to change how I think. But then I got to do something—I got to do something with my habits. I got to take a routine habit. I'm going to read that love scripture, and then I'm going to put my name in there. And say, That's how I love my wife. See. When we do routines and habits, we begin to make progress. But the progress I want to make is a progress towards having routines and habits that take me to God and take me to time with him. You know, if if you've got a Bible today, flip it over there to Psalms 119. Psalms 119 is a cool, cool chapter in the book of Psalms. Kids, any of you teenagers in here, I encourage you read psalm 119 oh it's it's because it's all about the word of god it's all about the word and the importance to word and and many think you know if you look at psalm 119 some people think ezra wrote it some people think that daniel wrote it i think most people believe that david wrote it but there's a lot of opinions but if david did write it You see how eager he was for the word, and how when he even fell, he came back because his reverence for this word. In Psalm 119, I'll I'll read a few of the verses. And in Psalm 119, in verse 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Everybody say, my feet. You know, a lamp or a light or a flashlight shows you where you are. You know, every day when I go to God's Word, He shows me where I am. His his Word, it shines, it brings a light. When I read His Word, it comes across with with conviction, correction. It, It comes across with all sorts of things that help me when I do it regularly. But not only is it a lamp, but also it is a light unto my path. That means for tomorrow. God's word will show you where to go tomorrow. He'll show you your future before you even get there if you'll just stay in fellowship and relationship and connection to him with his word. You want to find out about tomorrow? Read the word. You want to to find out about where he wants you to go in life? Just keep yourself in his word. Now look at these things. Look at what the the psalmist wrote. He said, Blessed are the undefiled in the way, they're pure, they're holy, who walk in the word of the Lord. Walking in the word. I love this. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. He said, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will no longer forget thy word. Isn't that good? See... We all, I think, want to grow in the Word. We all want to know what God thinks about us. We all want to get to know Him better. But if you never, if you never create the spiritual discipline with a routine and a habit of going to the Word, you'll always be in wanting without results. You know, sometimes when we're, when we're looking at the Word and we're trying to get closer, it's just as simple as going, what's working and what's not working? What do I need to change? What do I don't need to change? You know, when I look at, at, this, at this big subject of, of going after God's word, there are four things that you need to have a habit of doing with God's word. Number one, you've got to read it. Number one, you have to read the word of God. How, how do you read it? I mean, it's a big book, isn't it? Let's face it. And I don't know about you, but when I read, I read slow. So how am I going to read it? Well, that's for you to decide, but I love reading plans. We've got a reading plan in the back. It's the one I'm using right now. It's a 90-day reading plan, and you get through the entire New Testament in 90 days. You're reading three chapters a day. I do that at night. That works better for me at night than in the morning. And and so so what I'm trying to do is continue to read His Word, but not only do I want to read His Word, I want to study His Word. And, And as I study the Word then when i do in the mornings i'll have a devotion and then i take my notes everybody say my notes your notes are important taking notes are so very very important because i believe every time i walk into the service god is speaking to me and i don't want to forget it and so i'm very diligent my wife's taking notes this morning and and even if i don't like to speak her i still take notes man i cannot tell you what happened i'm, I'm a little embarrassed Back in September, I went to a meeting, and the guy was speaking, and I wasn't real thrilled. Now, I've gotten to where I'm okay and everything, but he's not one of my favorite preachers. His delivery's not really my favorite, you know, and stuff. He kind of wanders, and he can't seem to preach less than an hour and 15 minutes. But I needed a word, and I needed a word right in. And so when I was in that meeting, I said, Lord, I repent for being disrespectful to the gift of God you put in the pulpit. I believe tonight he's given me a word and I got my notebook. What is it? Well, after 45 minutes of going kind of like this with his message, it seemed like it to me. All of a sudden, boom. Here it came. Colossians 3.20. My God will do... Abundantly above. But then he got into that word, what it really means in the Greek, the Hebrew and the Hebrew and how deep it was. And all of a sudden, my fire got lit. Woo, glory. I'm glad I'm dedicated to studying because I got my answer. I, I took that home and I, and I looked up everything he said about it. I studied it out in the morning devotion. I took my time with it so it got inside here and affected here. Oh, isn't that good stuff? See, God's Word, study it. But not only study, I meditate on it. That means I think about it. That means there are certain scriptures I'm going to memorize, put on cards, put them on on my uh, mirrors, put them in my car, put them up. I'm trying to learn this verse so I can really study it, go deeper, think about it all the time. The first verse that I ever God down on the inside of me that changed my life, changed the way I do things. Second Timothy 1-7. You know it, you've heard me say it a hundred times. Y'all know my story about panic attacks and insecurities and inferiority complex. But 2 Timothy 1-7, I began to read it, I began to study it, and I began to meditate on it. Y'all know what it says, don't you? What does it say? Oh, there it is right there. <laughs> but power, love, and a sound mind. Now, the version that I put to memory and got in my heart that unlocked my life was in the amplified version. I don't have a spirit of timidity, of cringing, craving, or fawning fear. Fear is not a part of my life. It's not a part of my salvation. It's not a part of my inner man. And it does not have to be a part of my thinking. I don't have to be afraid. So anytime fear comes now, I say, nope, not taking it. I rebuke you, spirit of fear. You get out of here. But he has given me something. The spirit of power. The spirit of love. Oh, and my favorite, the spirit of a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline, and self-control. Folks, you're going to have to have a spirit of discipline and self-control if you're going to grow in your faith, grow in your relationship, grow in intimacy with God. You're going to have to have some discipline and self-control. You're going to have to do something about this thing right here. You know, my biggest hindrance during my time with God when I'm studying is this puppy right here. What do you, what do, you do with this puppy? Do you carry it into that time of God if you know it's a distraction already? Well, I just have a spirit of discipline. So, no new routine, new habit. See ya. Oh, I wish that was a fake phone and I could really drop kick it to the wall. <laughs> Guess what I'm doing this month? Drop the mic, drop the phone before I go in that room. See. Discipline and self-control is what we need in order to change old routines and old habits into new routines and new habits. Put that up there about those old routines and those old habits, those hindrances. It's, it's in one of the slides. Let's get that and then we're going to come back to this verse. I love this when it says here, identify the routines that are leading you away from the Word of God right there, I just identified one. It was that cell phone. I bind you, I bind you. No, you can't bind it. You got to get rid of it. You got to say, no, there may be a person. You have to say, not now, sorry. I'm with God. Identify the routines that are leading you away from the Lord or the word or for the Lord. Then, whoo, catch my breath. Thank you. Survey says, identify the routines that are leading you toward the word. What is taking you away, but what will take you to? What are the things that you need to change? What are the things you need to sit down and say, Lord, what do I need to identify? What's keeping me from you? What's keeping me from my breakthrough? Are you praying for the same thing over and over and you're just not getting it? You may need a breakthrough. Because he said, I sought the Lord, and he, I sought the Lord, and he, yeah. So if I'm not getting it, then I may need to be do, do some changing on the I sought the Lord part. Amen. And so that comes back to these routines, these habits, these things that we do. But there's a spirit of self-control. Years ago, I started looking at this verse. And it's over here in the book of Romans. And I hope you write this down because this is really an important verse that I think will really help you. And in Romans it says this. And, and this is Romans chapter 8. I, it's somewhere on my sheet. Romans, there it is. Romans 8, 11, All the way through 14. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. You know, I've quoted that for years. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me, lives in me, and quickens my mortal body, makes it alive. I'm full of health and healing. Glory be to God. But folks, I never went past verse 11. Duh, I know you probably have, but I got stuck at 11. I never got to 12, 13, and 14. Well, I got to 14 some. Notice what it says. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. But it's not to the flesh or the desires or the lust of the flesh or be obedient to do what the flesh wants you to do, to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. You're not going to have any spiritual fruit, folks. You're going to look like a dead vine. You may make heaven, but you're not going to have much fruit. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by my spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and a calm and well-balanced mind, discipline and self-control. The Holy Spirit in you brings the discipline and the self-control. The Holy Spirit in you, when you lean to the Holy Spirit, say, Father God, I thank you. Holy Spirit, I'm leaning to you. I'm trusting you right now for discipline and self-control to break these old routines these old habits step into these new routines these new habits and i thank you that i do it by the spirit in me it's not willpower it's self-control and willpower comes from you and self-control comes from god oh i thought that was a heavy heavy i thought that was a great place to Woo, glory! <laughs> it is isn't it so many times we try to use willpower. Now, folks, willpower can work. I mean, I've seen willpower do some pretty incredible things. You know, I remember the first time I met my father-in-law, Jim Seahorn, and he was in his mid-40s, but man, you talk about a guy with routines and habits. Man, he was, he was like in concrete with his. Let me tell you what he did. Every morning he got up, And he lived on campus. He was the physical plant manager, the vice president at a university. And he ran the entire campus, all the the things, buildings, everything that went on, the physical plant. And by 7 o'clock, he was in his office. And, And he would work all the way up to 12. But at 12, he would take a break and skip lunch, and he would work out. He worked out every single day, Monday through Friday at work. And so I thought, you know what? I know he's running at the track today. I just met him. He's a runner. I'm a runner. I'll just go down there and run with him. So I hop down there, my 20-year-old body, my flapping, beautiful blonde hair. Just imagine beautiful blonde hair in the breeze. You can imagine that. Folks, for about two laps, two miles, not two laps, but two miles, we're running. Talk occasionally. And finally, I thought, yeah, I'm going to stretch out the third mile. I'm a young buck. So I stretch it out a little bit, and then all of a sudden I notice I got my little lead, but but he never let my lead get any more. And we kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going. And we get down to the last quarter mile, and folks, I'm just about at empty, and I'm going around, and all of a sudden it sounds like a freight train. <laughs> I mean, the guy's huffing, he's puffing, he's sweating, and he blows by me. 90 miles an hour, crosses the finish line. I I finish, and I'm sitting there taking a little bit of humble pie. He runs back by me and says, not bad for an old guy. (laughs) So I thought, well, you know, he plays golf. I'll, golf. I'll, I'll go play golf with him. Folks. Every day at 4 o'clock, he left work, and every single day, Monday through Friday, he went to the golf course, and he played golf every Monday through Friday when the weather was good. Cold snow, he's out there. As long as there's not any lightning. the guy's playing golf. His wife knows where to find him. He's on the golf course, one mile from their house. And I'm, and I, I'm here to tell you, folks, he breaks par every day. He knew that course like the back of his hand, folks. Now I never ran with him again, but I loved to play golf with him because he was <laughs> he was a hit machine. I mean, okay, I'm I'm shooting I'm shooting five above par or whatever, and he's just doing his thing. Why? Because of his habit and his routine. Why? Because he put something to it. But that's what the Holy Spirit allows us. The Holy Spirit allows us, and he speaks to us, and he says, yeah, this is what you should do. Don't copy anybody else. Don't copy me. I'll tell you things I'm doing. But see what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. Because he wants you to get deep and intimate with him, and you do that by getting deep and intimate with his word. See, if you're ever going to have really great change in your life, you're going to change your thinking. You're going to change your routines and your habits. But most of all, you've got to have follow through. Let's face it. So many people start with these New Year's ideas. I'm going to get weight. But they just don't follow through. Your routines and habits will help you. But most of all, the power and the Spirit of the Holy Spirit in you. Because when you believe the Holy Spirit's leading you to do that, then I'm here to tell you He'll give you the power to fulfill it and to finish it. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit. He's my finisher. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit helps me. I have a spirit of discipline, and I have self-control. So why the Word? We'll go through these really, really quick. Why do I need the Word? Why do I turn to the Word? Well, number one, it's a command. The first first thing, you know, listen to all these scriptures and tell me what they have in common. Um, I'm going to read a bunch of them down here together as soon as I get my eyes fixed. How about Psalm 1, 1, 2, 3? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Look away, look to. Separate, looking away from all that will distract, the weights, and looking to Jesus. And then look what he says. He says, He um, says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit. In his season his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth will prosper. Oh, I love that. That's why we say be, a, be the Psalm 1 person. Joshua one eight. this book of the law shall not depart from out of your mouth. The report of the Lord never reports out of your mouth. You never put the report of your circumstances in your mouth. You put the report of the Lord in your mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Proverbs 4:20 20 and 22. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health, healing, medicine to your flesh. And don't forget 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. I used to ask all of my teenagers to memorize this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable or good or helps you or prospers you in doctrine. That means what you believe and what you think. At the very foundation of your core. For reproof, stop doing that. For correction, this is the way to go. And for instruction in righteousness. God's word, number one in command, but number two, I'm here to tell you, if you really want to know why God's word, this number, the second point is the most important, I believe, of all of them. Knowing the truth helps me to know him. It brings intimacy. It brings a closeness. It brings this, this ever knowing relationship with him. You know it's easy to get in relationship with other things. It's easy to get in relationship with 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 stuff in the world, whether it be a hobby. I mean, Alabama lost their coach. Y'all might have heard. Okay, yeah, that I, that just was uncalled for. But but Alabama lost their coach. Nick Saban retired, and, <laughs> and and you know the thing about it is, I'm so thankful. I'm in prayer and fasting, and I didn't have to watch all that stuff. Because I had already let go of that. Praise the Lord. And then they got a new coach, and hallelujah, hope, hope it all works out. But, you know, there are so many things we got out there, and we just don't know what kind of habit we have and what kind of routine we have in it until we start taking it away and going, you know, that was a lot more important than I thought. But the most important thing is to really know him. That word know means to know him personally and intimately. Everything about him. And that just comes from constantly everyday routine or habit of getting in his word. What is he really like? Is he really mean and ugly? Is he really judgmental and critical? And he's got a big staff and he bops you on the head every time you do something wrong? Well, the answer is no. But that's how I grew up thinking about God. I don't know about you. Number three, why God's word? The word feeds my soul. It feeds my soul. I love this verse over here talking about feeding my soul. Well, it's in the book of Timothy, and it says that he nourishes your soul. He nourishes you. He feeds you. When you get in his presence, you get in his word, it's like just getting nourished. But notice it said your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. You know, for years I had problems with my emotions and my feelings. I don't know about you, but I did. Y'all know me, I'm I'm a Ted bit incitable. That's just my personality. And I have to be aware I get excited and stuff and I jump into things and everything. But every now and then, hello, my emotions and my feelings take me a place that nobody wants me to be. And you know what I did? I had I had to I had to take some time and sanctify my emotions and sanctify my feelings. Set them apart for God. How did I do that? I just got in the Word more. I got in the love scriptures more. I love it. If thou put the brethren in remembrance, that's what I'm doing today, of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nursed up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Oh, isn't that good? This intimacy. At the top of God's priority, every moment of every day in the Holy Spirit, is He wants to spend time with you. He wants to be close to you. He wants to tell you things to come. He wants to show you this amazing plan that He has for your life. And it's a good plan, and guess what? It's unique, and it's specific for you. But you never get that if you don't spend time. You know, like I said, Paige and I, during 21 Days of Prayer, make a habit at 5 o'clock to convene in the kitchen. And it's amazing what we learn about each other. And it's amazing what we cover that we thought we covered. Any guys in here say, tell your wife something, she said, you didn't tell me that. Any, any husband's ever, even, any husband brave enough to actually admit that? You know, I told you about that at work. I told you about that. That happens to me all the time. But you know what? Paige and I spend time and we're fellowshipping over food. It's amazing how much we remember to tell each other. I told her yesterday, both of us, we looked at each other after we were through. And I said, man, I hadn't had that much fun in a long time. But we communicated. We worshiped. We saw the word. We prayed together. But Mostly, we just downloaded stuff. This is what I'm thinking. This is what, what she's thinking. And, and I'm telling you, that's what God wants to do with you. He needs that intimate time. And I know you're busy, but you know what? Five minutes is better than no minutes. Minutes in the car going to pick up the kids is better than no minutes. That's a routine and a habit waiting to happen. Amen. Routine and habit of turning on the word. Hilton and Jonathan got me onto a new uh, Bible thing where it reads the Bible, but it's actors and they're kind of inflections and changing them. It's cool. It's, and Jonathan, you need to stay on me till today until I get that thing. I still didn't pull the trigger. I got busy doing something else. You need to stay on me. Uh, Jonathan keeps saying, here it is. Even a two-year-old could do it. Now, he didn't say that. I, I thought that. But anyway, yeah, these are things that as we look at it, the benefit of the word, it's, it's going to make such a difference in our lives. You know, as I close this message and we come to an end just for today with this message, one of the things I want us to remember is when we are reading the Word, studying the Word, meditating the Word, and speaking the Word, we are forming our doctrines. Your doctrines are what you really believe. Your doctrines are your foundation. Sound doctrine is going to help you, number one, to serve God. It's going to help you to serve people. See, Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. Over there in the book of Matthew 20 and 28, he said, I came to serve people. When you spend time with Jesus, he'll turn you into a servant. But not only are are we called to serve people, but also when you spend time and you have sound doctrine, it's going to take care of error. It's going to take, take, take care of things that would mess you up sometimes even devastating things. Folks, we have to stay away from error. We have to stay away from doctrines that mess with your joy, mess with your family, mess with your job, mess with your divine destiny. You, you have to recognize those things. But that's what sound doctrine helps you do. It protects you. Now, I think probably one of the most important things, if not the most important things, is it determines how I think and how I perceive. See, when you're in the Word of God and you've down deep, it changes your thoughts because His thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not your ways. And I'm here to tell you, if you want to change the way you think, you've got to have a routine and habit of living in the Word. But just don't do it legalistically. Have delight. Have joy. Be happy. Because you're spending time with the God who made you, made your kids, came up with your plan for your life, and if you're a teenager, has an amazing plan. I tell you what, teens. If I could do one thing over, I would have started sooner having a daily time with God. And that's not something somebody decides for you. You decide it for yourself. Notice what it says under here about how we think. Beliefs determine your behavior. What you believe determines your behavior, how you act. But not only that, how about your thoughts? What you let go through your mind time after time, thoughts result in action. Nobody did a bad habit the first time and it ever came through their head. It just kept coming. It just kept coming. But I'm here to tell you, thoughts result in action. I need to spend time in the Word. I need to establish a routine. I need to establish a habit. I want to get intimate with my Father. Well, that's a thought, but it'll result in action. Remember, you are what you repeatedly do. You are the sum total of your habits, your actions. And then last but not least, as we we close, it sets me free. Father God, thank you for giving us a revelation that we are free indeed. One last point, folks, and I really mean it this time. You've been set free. You've been set free from the thoughts of others. You've been set free from your emotions and your feelings. You've been set free from rituals that don't work. And I love a new year. I love 21 DOP because I get to reset my routines and habits. I get to reset my intimacy with God. I get to come and look and then I get to come to his word. We'll start here next week. There are two things that Jesus spoke to us. Gave us vision. People perish for a lack of vision, lack of knowledge. My people perish. They need direction. It literally, in one translation, says they need divine guidance. God gave us divine guidance for every day of our life. It's centered around a command, and it's centered around a commission. The great commandment and the great commission. Did you realize those are the two thoughts in the two scriptures that direct us and the very first one, it's all about love. It's about loving God and loving others. You'll never fulfill the commission until you get full of the love of God because it's the love of God that moves you to the commission or to what you do. I want to encourage you this week, spend time in the love scriptures. We have love scriptures out on the table in the foyer. I'm going to meditate on those this week. I'm going to read them. I'm going to study them, I'm going to meditate on them, and I'm going to speak them out loud over myself, over you, my marriage, my relationships, because the love of God is what propels me and, over, and overthrows everything in my life. And when I spend time in His love and in those scriptures, I'm here to tell you, folks, it changes the way I think, it changes the way I speak, and it changes what I do. Amen? Oh, Father God, we thank you so much for your word today. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Oh, hallelujah. So, Lord God, as we are in this time of quiet, speak to each one of us, tug at our hearts. What are some of the routines and habits we need to establish? Are there any routines or habits that we need to to take a look at? And Father God, we thank you for the strength to do this through the power of the Holy Ghost who helps me with a sound mind and self-control. If you wouldn't mind just praying this prayer, say this with me, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for living in me and speaking to me by the Holy Spirit. Thank you that during this month, You show me old routines and old habits I need to deal with. And new routines and new habits I need to put in place. And I want to thank you for loving me, for forgiving me. I thank you. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name.